Good morning. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, One Chapter Per Day. We're on a three-year journey through God's Word, one chapter at a time. It's day 403 out of 1165, and so we're coming to 1 Samuel 26. We are in the life of David before he became king. Saul is hounding him unjustly, and we're going to see again that David spares the life of Saul. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our salvation. Help us to see Jesus clearly and to trust in you more faithfully for the time we spend in your word together this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel 26. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hekilah, which is on the east of Jeshimon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hakalah, which is beside the road on the east of Jeshimon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came out after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped, and David saw the place where Saul lay. With Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army, Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Who will go down with me into the camp to Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head, and Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but now take the spear that is at his head and the jar of water, and let us go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head, and they went away. No man saw it, or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side, and stood far off on top of a hill, on the hill, with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, Who are you who calls to the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man? Who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy the king, your lord. 
This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now therefore let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. Now therefore let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea, like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains." Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord. And may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. The beginning of 1 Samuel 26, we see that it's the Ziphites who, who summon David, who summon Saul to come get David. <clears throat> Excuse me. Remember that the Ziphites are those who were at Keilah, the city that David delivered out of the hands of the Philistines. And then while David and his men were in that walled city, they summoned Saul and said, yeah, he's here. Come get him. The Ziphites are, are traitors. We saw in the last chapter, yesterday, Naboth was, or Nabal was a fool. And he was basically refused to give David anything and basically treated him like he was a traitor like he was a faithless servant. So David's saying that even here in, in Judah, even here in among his own people, even here where his own kinsmen should be protective of him, he's not safe. And he's being ratted out, as we would say. They keep, they keep telling on him because he's got this reputation throughout the kingdom as being a traitor to the king and one whom the king is hunting down and one whom the king would give a great reward if anyone could tell him, where he is. Now, what I want to do today, because this is very similar to where David let Saul escape earlier, rather than go through the story detail, I want to see how David himself responded to these incidents when the Ziphites turned on him in chapter 23 and again here in chapter 26 by taking a look at Psalm 54. And, and Psalm 54, I think, is written directly out of the beginning of chapter 26 of 1 Samuel, 
because it says it's written to the choir master with stringed instruments. It's a masculine of David. When the Ziphites went and told Saul, is not David hiding among us? So how did David respond? When his own people, who should be thankful for his protection and deliverance, instead turn their back on him and surrender him. He says, O God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. O God, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. David is here calling on God as God, Elohim, which emphasizes his might, his strength, and his power. Because David's now going to be hunted down by 3,000 men, and he has 600 with him, so they're outnumbered 5 to 1. And he is in danger. Strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. Even though he's among his own people, and it's the army of Israel chasing him, these are strangers. These are ruthless men. They don't treat him as a kinsman. They don't treat him the way they should treat the Lord's anointed, which David is as well. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. <clears throat> this is one of the few Psalms where David's primary way of addressing God is as God, Elohim, the mighty one, the strong one, the powerful one. And he does so because of the, the danger of the situation, the immediate threat to his life. But notice he says, God is my helper, the Lord, Yahweh. That's the covenant name of God, the one who is unchanging and who is self-sufficient. He is the upholder of my life. What else does he say? God has delivered me from every trouble. My eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. David is outnumbered, he's surrounded, he's being hounded to death. He's looking to the Lord with a desperation. It's a very urgent plea. Save me, vindicate me, hear my prayer, give ear to the words of my mouth. But it's also a psalm in which David rests in God as my helper and the upholder of my life. Only after David has cried out to Saul, to, to the Lord in the face of Saul's threat, can he go and and really put his life in his in 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 God's hands? I was gonna say take his life in his own hands. He didn't do that. He put his life in God's hands when he and Abishai go sneaking into the camp at night, because this is very dangerous. It's just two men. They're sneaking into a war camp of three thousand. One person wakes up and sees them and raises the alarm, and it's all over. But they're trusting in the Lord. David, at least, is trusting in the Lord. Abishai is trusting in David and obeying David. David's trusting in the Lord. He knows that God is his helper. The Lord upholds his life. He wants to communicate to Saul that Saul is wrong to, to chase him down. And that also Saul's chase of him will be fruitless because God is his helper and the Lord is the keeper of his life. So he sneaks in and takes the spear and the jar of water because he's trusting in God more than he's fearing his circumstances. 
This is a theme that we've come back to again and again in scriptures because it's such a real thing for us, isn't it? It's such the place where we live out our faith or don't, isn't it? What are we going to fear? What are we going to honor? What are we going to respect? What are we going to trust? The Lord and his promises or the outward appearance of our circumstances? When everything seems dark, when we seem outnumbered, when things seem hopeless, are we going to trust the Lord and his promises? And I'll be the first to admit, I don't always do that. But so many times, God has brought me through what seemed like an impossible situation. And I can look back and I can say, I should have trusted God. I should have looked to the Lord. I should have known that he was with me. I should have rested in him. And sometimes I do remember that in the moment. And I have peace even in the midst of turmoil. When people are gossiping about me behind my back or we have a, a major financial need that's come up and I don't really have the money for it or I'm not sure what's going on with one of my kids, maybe in a social situation or maybe in a spiritual situation or maybe there's there's a rough spot in, in our marriage and, and, and things are, are, are difficult or maybe in my own spiritual life, I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible and I'm just not, it, it feels empty, it feels cold. Yes, I get those seasons of my life. Am I going to trust the Lord and his promises? Or am I going to trust the appearance of my circumstances? David trusts the Lord so much that he takes a big, bold risk in order to send a message to Saul. And that is, I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And so Saul shouldn't be stretching out his hand against the Lord's anointed either. David's going to trust the Lord. Saul should also trust the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he was going to the cross, when he was being spit upon by Roman soldiers, when he was being condemned by the Sanhedrin, when he was being cried out against by the mob who was crying out, crucify him, crucify him, he did not seek his vengeance on them. He entrusted himself to the one who was able to deliver him from death. And he was vindicated. And we have our salvation because Jesus trusted his father and his promises more than the appearance of his circumstances. Let's follow him in doing that. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for your obedience for our salvation. Holy Spirit, write Christ on our hearts that we might follow him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me. Tomorrow we'll be back in the Gospel of Mark, which means Mike will be back for tomorrow's lesson. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.